Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. Hey, Brand Meet Creator friends. Okay, number one, I have a task for you because... I have a couple negative reviews on Apple, and here's why. I think it's because I gave my real feedback on the Danny Austin de-influenced podcast. I had a couple of her tried and true homies come in and tell me that I wasn't women supporting women enough. And I feel like if you listen to this podcast, you know that that's my jam. So it would mean so much to me if you could leave a review on this podcast. And I will actually be picking one person that leaves a review, whether that is in the past or in the present, current review, to send a Do Less Club sweatshirt to. So please, please head to the reviews. It matters in this internet age. And that would mean the absolute world to me. Okay. So past that, we are moving into an actually such an interesting episode with Andrea Sager, who is the author and the CEO and founder of Legalpreneur, which is a legal tech startup that focuses on offering affordable legal services to brands of all kinds. So she's going to give us this whole rundown of the things that you just don't know in the legal world. We're going to go into if you need an LLC, when it matters to have a trademark, if it if it matters to have a trademark, that whole process. And then we're also going to dive into contracting for creators as well as usage rights in general. We're going to talk about uh, the term in perpetuity and what you can be doing to protect yourself from all of the scary, scammy things that might be thrown at you in the brand partnership world. So before we get into that, let me give you the fastest lesson that I've ever given in usage and tell you a little bit more. So there's really multiple types of ad usage or usage in general in the creator world. There's going to be organic usage, which is going to be when a brand is using your content on their organic page, organic feed. Their content is going to go just as far as yours does. It's go, it's, you know, being held by the algorithm, held hostage. So however far Instagram pushes it, that's as far as it goes then you're going to have paid ad usage. Now, this is when they put a greater ad spend. They put any money behind your content. Now, if you've listened to our episodes for a while, if you've been a brand meet creator listener, you know that I don't like charging for organic usage. I feel like within a partnership that is implied. Where usage will run up the tab and run up the tab immensely is with paid ad usage because your likeness is valuable. If you're going to slap my face on a metaphorical billboard, if you're going to shoot my content all over the internet here and back to whatever audience that you decide, then I better be paid for that stamp of approval for promoting your product for being your paid actor. So the way that I typically recommend charging for usage is slapping on an additional 30% of that original price per month used. So if your partnership is 
let's just say $300 per post and they want 30 days of ad usage, they want to use your content in ads for 30 days, you are going to add on an additional 30% of that $300 price tag. So it's going to cost us $400 total to have the post and 30 days usage. So this adds up really quickly because if you have, you know, 30% of this price tag for three months, what are we going to do? We're basically going to double the price for 90 days usage. We're basically doubling that price. And the reason this is so important is because so often brands will automatically throw in the perpetuity word that we hate so much, which means that they're going to use your content forever and always. They have the the right, the legal right to use your content however they want, whenever they want. And if we actually equated for what that would mean, it would be really, really costly. So we need to ensure whether you are a UGC creator or you are creating something that has been on your feed, you are charging for that usage. All right, that's your little rundown. That is my, that is my formula for you. Let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Brand Meet Creator. You know, we have to start with a little, if you like it, like it. So, Andrea, what are you liking on the internet right now? Oh, I am just so obsessed right now with Gala Darling. If you've tell never us, heard of tell her, tell us more. Yeah. <laughs> Who is this? She's just a vibe on her own, but she's <laughs> really known as like the tapping queen. And I followed oh. her for a couple of years, but. Lately, I'm just, I have to start my day with her, tapping with her, because she just hypes you up. And by the end, I'm like, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm ready to tackle today. (laughs) Okay. Tell us more about how you got into tapping, because I feel like with the with the entrepreneurship world, like we always end up in these like weird holistic woo-woo spaces. Yeah. But sometimes it's a little it's a little much when you first get introduced to things. I think Mm -hmm. I was introduced to tapping like a year and a half ago, and I was like, what? What is this? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. No, what I do you mean, want to do right now? I just got into, I think really my, so I left my ex-husband almost three years ago and that really catapulted my own self-healing journey because I remember ah. like having to hide around the house, mm-hmm. like wanting to look into like more self-development stuff and you'd be like, what's that? That's so stupid. But, and then finally I was just like, you're not my person. (laughs) It is time to go separate ways. And once I was on my own, I just started digging into so many different modalities, just going down my own healing journey. It's been quite the journey the past three years. It's been beautiful. So many ups and downs. And my friend, Natalia Benson, I met, she's an astrologer and a spiritual business coach. I met her in a mastermind a couple of years ago and she's just this beautiful soul, like, hey, babe. And I'm just like, I just want to be around you. And all I, of us uptight ladies are like, oh, yeah. can I be that delusional? <laughs> yes, exactly. I love and, it. I, I think that's oh such a gosh. compliment. Like, she's mm-hmm. delusional. I'm like, yes, do it. Yes. D- keep on doing you. I aspire to that level of degas. Yes. Exactly. Same here. And in Natalia, she's actually really good friends with Gala. And she she just like mentioned her one time and I went and looked her up and I was like, 
what is this? And Okay, so- let me give you my first reactions because <laughs> I just like went to her profile and like, okay, picture this. Bright pink, like hot pink to red hair, full glam makeup. And she's sitting in, what is it called? The, is it the Marley? Some like Palm Springs hotel, bright yeah. pink hotel, like floaties everywhere mm-hmm. in this pool chair, straight lounging and <laughs> doing her little tapping exercises. Yes. It's a full blown vibe, full blown vibe, immediate follow. <laughs> she's the best. And I, like, like I said earlier, I have intermittently like kept up with her, just like watched her on socials. And then I think about a year ago, she has this tapping subscription membership yeah. called High Vibe Honey. And I joined it about a year ago and I would do it every once in a while. But in the past couple of weeks, I, and okay, so talking a little bit more about my own healing journey, <laughs> I realized because for so long I've been in this mode of trying to get out of this divorce hole and trying to, yeah. you know, heal, trying to do this. And finally, somebody was like, Andrea, stop fucking trying. You've done it. Like, y- you're here. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I just need to live it. I just need to be it. Mm. And ever since then, like, Gala's tappings and just her vibe. I'm like, yes, like I'm living it. Like, this is me. Like, this is who I am now. And so I have been obsessed with her really over the past few weeks more than ever before. <laughs> what a strong first five minutes of this episode. Just live how you want to live. I think that's been one of my biggest learning curves too over the mm-hmm. last couple of years where, mm-hmm. you know, you think that you have to wait until something happens or you have to reach this certain point or you're on this, you know, journey where we have to get somewhere before we can say, oh, I'm yeah. better or I'm enough. Yeah. No, no, no. We just need to believe it. We, we yeah, just, just be. need to say, just be it. this is my life and that's that. Yes. That's that. I literally was – it was a self-fulfilling prophecy for me for so long. Like, oh, I'm trying to do this, trying to – no, like I am it. I just need yeah. to be. You're not trying anymore. Yeah. You're living it. Yeah. Andrea, I am so glad to have you here and talk about the legal things about the internet. We've heard about your divorce hole, which just makes me love you even more from the get-go. <laughs> Healing journey, I'm in. I'm in. But I would love to hear how you started in entrepreneurship with the legal thing. Because I know that that ain't ain't your, you know, perspective journey when you first start in law school. No, not at all. I – and so I – was have always been a big dreamer and I wanted to be a lawyer to make a lot of money not no like noble good reason I just wanted to make a lot of money grew up with not that I didn't grow up with nothing but very very true middle class my parents didn't graduate high school very blue collar workers like I was the first person in my family to graduate high school go to college and obviously go to law school yeah well I got my dream job, which was at the big law firm. I thought I was set for life. And literally everything you see in suits where it's like this big fancy office. And that was it. Like it was beautiful from the outside looking in, but I was absolutely miserable. And by the time I started law school, I had already sold my first business, which was a clothing boutique. And I had sold that. Not that I made a lot of money. It was just, I I knew I wasn't going to have time for it. But 
How much did you sell it for? Oh, it was just several thousand dollars. It wasn't much at all. Um, really just getting rid of the inventory. How did you sell it? Like, where did you? It was actually a neighbor. One of my neighbors, really? she kind of had, yeah, she had like a DIY, she was doing like DIY stuff and wanted to get into clothing. And I was just like, here, I'm actually selling everything. So yeah. How interesting. I actually had a, I had another guest talk about how she sold her first business on TikTok. So the, nice. So interesting. It's so Super interesting, interesting. that- you know, we have this big business world with this like imaginary corporate handbook and all of us boss females over here are yeah. like, watch me sell it to my neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty crazy how it happened. That's a whole other story. But from the first business, I had a ton of small businesses coming to me at the law firm. Mm. They were like, oh, I want help with this. I need a trademark, LLC. I need this contract. Well, it was a big firm. They normally couldn't afford the rates. And eventually I was trying to bring clients on and the firm was like, we don't want small businesses. They're not quality clients. And this is back in 2017 during the retail apocalypse. So everything in the news is like retail's dying. Malls are shutting down. I saw a completely other story. I was seeing it from the small business side. People were just yeah. done with malls. They were done with big box stores. They just yeah. wanted to do business with people with boutiques. Does that so just I push knew. your buttons that they they kept saying small oh. business is a bad client? That would oh my that gosh. would fire me up. Well, that was it for me. Like I I feel like we all have these defining moments and that was it. Like we have these defining moments where you're like, okay, this is it. I'm meant to be on a completely different path. And I remember I was standing in a partner's office and he told me this to my face. And in my head I was like this is it. Like I have to go out and do something on yeah. my own. And I, don't, don't shut down my small business. <laughs> I actually manifested getting fired from that job. And I, cause I'm like five minorities rolled into one and big law. They try to really like protect their name. And yeah. so I just held out as long as I could. And finally it was like a Wednesday that I was going to quit and I was texting my now ex-husband at the time. I was like, I think we have enough money. Like, I'm just going to quit. Yeah. And Because we would put our house for sale and we were going to move across the country to where my family is. And he said, why don't you wait until we have a contract on the house and then you can quit. And he was not on board with any of this, by the way. He was just yeah. like trying to keep me on. Well, that was Wednesday, Friday morning. They walk into my office. I know exactly what's happening. It takes everything in me not to have a smile on my face because yeah. I literally got this huge windfall and I was the happiest I could ever be because I wanted to start my own firm. But on the one hand, I didn't have a supportive partner. I didn't right. have like, I, I kind of knew I'd have clients, but I didn't know for sure. And it was really just not being able to quit because I didn't have a supportive partner. But then I got fired and then I got this windfall and I was like, there's nothing else to do but start my own firm. <laughs> and I did. And I literally had my first client that night and we, yeah, we moved and it was slow kind of the first year because we moved, but then just kept growing and growing. And I made 400,000 my first year, a million dollars my second year. And now we were just like, it, it's that was five years ago when I started. And now we're just like going, trying to build, I'm sorry, we're not trying, we're building the legalpreneur empire <laughs> to help small businesses cover their assets and get lawyered up. And now we coach attorneys to build the law firm of their own dreams. My jaw is on the floor. <laughs> yeah. 
drops. I am five minorities rolled into one. I manifested my firing and then I made a million dollars all in a matter of two minutes. Casual. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a fun ride. I'm sure. So you're doing all of these things. You also have a book called Legalpreneur. Um, Excuse me, what? Tell me more. Yeah. So Legalpreneur, the book, it is a passion project. And this came about, I mean, the idea came about when I was still married, but obviously just still didn't have any support. So finally I was like, okay, I just have to get divorced because I have so many other things I want to do with my life and finally got divorced. And then I started really going all in with the legalpreneur brand. And I, it took about a year, but we are, cause we put a lot of content out. We have a podcast. We're on TikTok. Like everything is already out there, but I wanted one place for anybody that was just like, Hey, I just want to like get it all in one place, read it all right now, instead of like going to this video and then finding that video and then finding this blog post. So that's what the book is. It's everything in one place. Mm -hmm. teaching you everything you need to know to legally protect your business. It's called Legalpreneur, the business owner's guide to legally protecting your business. And Mm -hmm. there's, it's not just like straight up, here's the legal stuff. It's also stories weaved in like client success stories. Because what people don't realize is how much money you can actually make from protecting Mm -hmm. your business and implementing the legal stuff. There's so passive income, people want to talk about, oh, passive income, this and that. Most of the time it's not passive. True passive income. Yeah, comes I'm with shaking intellectual my head. I'm like, yeah. please, please agree with me. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I think passive income is absolute bullshit. Anyone that says yeah. it is lying out of their ass because hello, mm-hmm. you're marketing day and night to make it passive. Yeah. That that ain't passive. No, not at all. The only true passive income, one of the only ways, is through royalties through intellectual property. So that's a lot what we teach, what we try to get people to understand and hopefully start doing. Uh, but we talk a lot about that in the book as well. So that's Hello, that was a true passion project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Your likeness is valuable. Your intellectual property is valuable. So, okay. I want to run a couple things by you because I, I feel like there's a lot of information out in the business legal world. And I think that, you know, things get blown out of proportion. And it's, I think it's a culmination of things. Number one being us busybody females that are starting a business are absorbing everything we possibly can. So Mm -hmm. we get ahead of ourselves and we're like, oh my God, I need to get an LLC. I need to file a trademark. I need to do yada, yada to like make myself a valid business. And then they ask me and I'm like, honey, you got 300 followers. It's fine. (laughs) You're good right now. So LLC, at what point does it make sense, like income wise? So for an LLC, this is one thing that you want to do as soon as possible. Really? Yes, yes, yes. So and the people that tell you to wait, they're usually in the accounting world because they're okay. This is funny because my husband is a financial advisor and he always has the rule of if you're not making a hundred K, it doesn't make sense. It does make sense. Fight against my husband. Go ahead. (laughs) Yes. So the LLC, it's a limited liability company. And I'll tell you exactly what your husband's thinking about. The whole purpose of an LLC is to protect yourself personally from the debts of your company. Mm. Now, you and I will combat what you're thinking, whether it's I, I don't have any assets, I'm not making any money, like I don't have anything to be protected against. I, I'm getting there. So 
I already know everybody listening. I know what you're thinking. I hope we can be best friends after this. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) We'll just tap together. Right, right. Every morning. So the LLC is there to protect you personally from the debts of your company. Even if you have not made a dollar, you are doing things that can cause you to get sued, that can cause you to be held personally responsible for what you're doing in the company. So let's say you go, you're a creator and you're posting these videos and you accidentally use somebody else's intellectual property. And I say accidentally Mm -hmm. because you're never doing this stuff on purpose. You're never doing this stuff maliciously. No, never. It's because you didn't know. And literally the LLC is there to protect you for those things that accidentally happen. So I think a lot of it, it comes through by accident. Like, oh, absolutely. there's a lot of, you know, with cancel culture, like, oh, you did this maliciously. I don't think that's the case the majority of the time. Like people aren't trying to be bad. No. And I've actually, I did a couple of pod or I did a podcast episode on what to do if you ever get canceled. And I break them into like a viral cancellation versus a local cancellation because mm. I get those questions all the time. Like somebody wrote a nasty Facebook post about me. What do I do? Do I yeah. respond? What do I like? It's all those little things that you don't think about that. You don't think they're going to happen to you. Yeah. But how do you handle them? Right. So the LLC, the reason you still want it as soon as possible, let's say today's day one and you hear don't file it until you're making a hundred thousand. Okay, cool. So day two, you go viral on TikTok and you are ah. making all this money. Day three, you remember, I'm making all this money. Let me go file the LLC. Great. So now you have an LLC. Well, day 100, day 1000, somewhere down the line comes along and you get sued for what happened on day one or day two before you were an LLC. Now, by now, you actually have assets. You're making a lot more money. Mm. And it doesn't matter if it's in the LLC or you own it personally because the fact that you didn't have an LLC from the beginning, they can come after whatever they want. Mm. And so the LLC is protecting you before you have assets. It's protecting what you may accumulate in the future. And it doesn't matter how much money you're making now because if you're making money in the future, you can still get sued for anything that happened before you were an LLC. Mm. Now, what your husband's thinking about is the S-Corp election. The S-Corp mm. election, you can't, it, it doesn't make sense to do it, and you really just can't do it unless you're making enough money to pay yourself a reasonable salary and have profit on top because that's what saves you in taxes. The S-Corp election mm-hmm. 100% can save you over $20,000 in taxes per year. And most accountants, They confuse the two. They think if you file the LLC, you have to file the S-Corp election. But remember, the LLC is for liability protection. The S-Corp is for taxes. Got it. The more you know. The more you know on different sides of the industry spectrum. How about trademarks? Do we need to trademark our logo, our name immediately? Yes. So I love trademarks. This is really how I not going to say made it big, but this is really, that was my bread and butter before it's legal anywhere. So I'm, I'm actually a little brag moment here. I'm actually ranked 27 <laughs> out of 40,000 trademark attorneys in the United States. And I'm like by far the youngest under like in the top 100. Um, that's my brag moment. Cause I was a hustler. I love that. I was a hustler cheers. with cheers. trademarks. <laughs> yes. Cheers. I, well, the thing is I love trademarks because it's, I, it's protecting your brand identity. Mm-hmm. And most likely, it's your most valuable asset. 
because if you ever are to go sell your business, mm-hmm. your intellectual property is a line item on the balance sheet. The more yeah. registrations you have, the more valuable your business is. So when it comes to trademarks, think about your branding, your brand identity, your brand name, your logo, your slogan, a product name, a service name, a podcast name, a blog name, anything that has a unique name within your business can probably be protected with a trademark. Mm-hmm. Now, when do you file? Because that's the million dollar question. Yeah. And because it's spending. Uh, sh- it, yes. Yes. To, and to get someone to file it, it's you're sitting at what? Three, three thousand. Well, n- no, de- definitely doesn't need to be that much. So about I would say two thousand is the median. I when I was filing in my law firm, very middle of the road, right at right at two thousand people, way more expensive people, way more or less, mm-hmm. way more or less, way less. <laughs> <laughs> So I would say the median is about 2000. Now, what you want to consider is there's two steps to the trademark process, the trademark search, and then the application. Mm -hmm. If you go to any reputable trademark attorney, they will require that you have a search done before filing. Because right now, the trademark office is taking over a year at the minimum to be registered. Ever since COVID hit, they're way behind. Mm -hmm. Now, Oh, because I'm I'm sure a billion and five businesses jumped yes. to the plate and were like, exactly. this is the boom. Exactly. Yes. That's exactly what I've been telling people, especially now with all like the tech layoffs. I'm like, there's more businesses. This isn't, this is great for entrepreneurship. It may not be bad for the corporate world, but this is great for us entrepreneurs. Yeah. <laughs> so the search, you always want to do this as soon as possible because you do not want to start your business and Maybe you do go viral and you blow up and then you find out, oh, I've been infringing on somebody this whole time Yeah. because not only do you have to rebrand, you also could have to pay past profits and Mm -hmm. rebranding may sound okay. I mean, it sucks no matter what, but rebranding costs a lot of money. A lot, a lot. I I was just watching an interview with a business owner who, for a pretty big gym brand, who was saying that they've had to... Uh, redo their logo, their branding like four times because every oh. time they've hit copyright issues. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's not fun at all. So the search, you absolutely want to do it as soon as possible. And what you're looking for is not just the same exact name. Mm-hmm. It's anything similar because trademark infringement happens when there's anything that's likely to cause confusion. Mm. So If we had, so Andrea Sager Law was my law firm. If there was an Andrea Sager Legal, that's Mm. infringement. Andrew Seager or Sager Law Firm, that's infringement. Yeah, so legal names as well. Yes, just because it's your legal name doesn't mean you're legal to conduct business with the name. Yeah, Hmm. a lot of tidbits (laughs) in here. (laughs) That's wild. Yeah, I think Calvin Klein, Kate Spade, Rebecca Minkoff, they're all protected with trademarks. So you know what's interesting is I actually, when I first started, did not want to use my own name. My my starting path was I'm going to start a blog, very millennial of me. And then I couldn't think of a name because I was like, I don't want to use my own name. Like what happens when, you know, not if, when mm-hmm. I yes. blow this up and start to monetize, then what do I do? Like, am I going to have to 
rely on my name? Like, mm-hmm. what if I sell it? What if I do X, Y, and Z? We want it to be something else. But yeah, even if it's your legal name, you should absolutely be protecting your legal name with a trademark if that's how you're conducting mm-hmm. business. Now, when filing the application, if money isn't an issue, always file it as soon as possible. No yeah. questions asked. You want to file it as soon as possible because it's, t- it's taking over a year. However, sure. if money is an issue, which is most of our clients because we're right. working with super small businesses, you want to file when you have momentum. And what I mean by momentum is when you really change from, oh, I'm going to try this thing out. I'm going to, you know, try this little side hustle, try this. And then you make that shift from, oh, this is a thing. Like I'm actually doing it. That's the latest that you want to file. Mm. I need to trademark something. I need your help. (laughs) I was going to tell you that I really like that. (laughs) And yes, yes. I've we actually been on that. Yeah, I, I, I need to do that ASAP. Funny story. I was like, do I talk about this on the podcast? No one steal my name. <laughs> no one steal do less club. I'll be really upset about it. I will cry. So I've been thinking about trademarking this since I initially said it because it was some, it was one of those things that I like said as a joke on a podcast and it like started to pick up. I then named Mm -hmm. my program after it. And, you know, it's become this thing that I've coined. And even from the beginning, I was like, I feel like this is, you know, everyone's starting to jump into the, you know, anti-grind culture, anti-hustle. Like everyone's program includes do less, but it's not do less club. Like when do I have to worry about this? And also, am I actually going to stick with it long enough to make the $2,000 that it would take to file worth it in the long term. Right. I mean, it's definitely, especially at the beginning, it is a cost benefit analysis. Yeah. But at the same time, once you have the registration, there are things you can do with it, even if you pivot. So even it, because what works a lot of times for our clients is once we have the registration, we will then go and police up all the other people that have been infringing. Mm. And if you're not using it, you can sell it to one of them or you can just hold it. You can sell it or hold it and license it out to them. That's where you get passive income. That's your passive income. Yeah. That's your passive income. All right. Well, I'm going to table this because we're going to talk later (laughs) about that. But the next thing that I want to get into is actually – brand partnerships and contracting mm-hmm. there. Um, yes. I'm curious what your biggest tips or biggest missteps you see in contracting are. I mean, the big one, which <laughs> big I know everybody has probably done it. And I know you don't understand. People just don't understand the repercussions that it could have, but in perpetuity. Never allowing in perpetuity. Never. Never. And most people don't realize that they probably have already signed away their likeness in perpetuity. (laughs) If you have, it's okay. Like there's things that can be done. Like you're fine. It's fine. It's a learning experience. But don't do it again. Exactly. Exactly. You know what's funny though is I I hear this all the time that brands – 
brands will come to our agency and be like, but we want full rights for this. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Number one, you're not going to use it for more than two years. Like even that mm-hmm. is a stretch in the marketing world. You're not going to use it. Number two, I'm going to charge you 20 freaking grand to buy it in perpetuity. I don't care if it's one video. So yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. I feel like there is this misinformation in the brand space just to gain oh, ease. It's, re- it's really scammy. It's really gross. Even negotiating my own brand deals, I have to like – teach the brands themselves and some of I mean a lot of smaller brands newer brands uh, not that I want to say they're TikTok brands but I think since the rise of TikTok there's a lot more brands that are doing brand deals and they just 100% don't understand because they're a new startup they don't have the attorneys to go to because they don't right. want to pay this outrageous rate. Which is fine. Which is- Again, yeah, it comes back to our initial point of like most people don't try to do something bad. That's not exactly. That's not exactly. Your motive. And in that case, I always tell them they need the legalpreneur membership, but that's neither here nor <laughs> hey, there. So I have this thing. <laughs> if you want to negotiate my rate, you got to go sign up for our membership. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, but I see it 100% on the brand side as well. They don't even know what they're asking. Like they don't, they're no. like, oh, we want full usage rights. You don't even know what that means. Like you don't even right. know what you're asking for. Like, do you want to be able to use it on your own social media platforms? Do you want right. to be able to- Right, because that ain't in perpetuity. <laughs> exactly. Like there's Organic so many usage terms. is not, it, that's not expensive. Organic usage, do it. Yeah. Paid usage like, do you on a billboard put, in commercials yeah. <laughs> in whatever. Yeah, that's expensive. Tell me what you want it for. Know what you want yeah. it for. Clearly yeah. I'm fired up. <laughs> no, I same here because it what frustrates me when they're wanting to ask for full usage rights, but they don't know what they want it for. And I'm like, no, you gotta get specific and get specific, yeah. If you want to use it for two years, you're still gonna be paying me for that. Like my rate to create a video is different than what it, my rate is if you want to use it for two years, if you want to put dollars behind it, if you want to put it in a magazine, there's you literally a rate for everything. For years. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm not convinced. And even if you do want to be able to use it in two years, that's so different because I mean, what you're going to do, I'm no legal person. So tell me if I'm Tell me if I'm wrong, if you have yeah, a better option. But you can negotiate that rate in the contract for the future. You don't need mm-hmm. to say like, there's a wait period or a grace period of like when you can use it. You can say, if you decide yeah. to use such content in use it or in paid media, yeah, here is what it's going to be. Yeah. And I, honestly, I, my biggest mission is just educating more creators because- yeah. Brands are going to continue. Like if I was a brand and somebody's going to give me in perpetuity, yeah, I'm going to take it. Sure. So they're going to ask for it, and it's up to the creators to say no. Like, or this is what it costs. Or the, you I think know, it you- really is an ease thing, though, because I think mm-hmm. that they want to stick it in a folder of like, here's the content that we can use, yeah. and I don't have to worry about anything. And it's really yeah. that, and like the tracking side of have I lost access to this? Can I use this? Is it whatever? And that just seems like, you know, a silly, a silly issue to have. It, yeah. And it can get very, very tedious on the brand side. Yeah. Uh, of course. 
but that's the price they got to pay. Like, yeah, I'm not going to give anybody in perpetuity because on the creator side, what you have to think about is let's say you're, you're, because I see this, you get so excited for your first brand deal, you offer them or they're paying you a hundred, $200 for a video and you're know. so wow. excited. Yeah. Like, yes. And cause that is a big moment. Like absolutely. Yes. Your first one. Oh my God. I will always. That's so exciting. <laughs> yes. But you have to realize if you are signing in perpetuity to this skincare brand, guess what? You can never give exclusivity to another skincare brand for your en- entire life. And you Mike just, dropped. for uh, she just yeah. dropped Mike. Yeah. <laughs> for a hundred or $200, you could be screwing yourself out of potentially millions. Yeah. Thousands. Wild. Yeah. It's wild. If it's happened though, don't worry, because it, I'm just saying, like, if, you, if you're listening, you're like, oh, my God, this one brand, I know I gave them per- in perpetuity. If it becomes an issue, like, just contact me because we can still take care of it. it there may be, like, a buyback that they want to do, or if it becomes an issue, there, like, there's things to get out of it, but just don't do it again. Just, right, right. I think that's the moral of the story. Like, that is the takeaway here. Just don't do it again. And... Like, it's as simple as that. Like, now that you know, you are totally fine and, like, move forward in that direction. Because, I mean, yes, in in perpetuity is not great. But also, once again, the likelihood of them using it two years down the line isn't high. The likelihood of them using it three months down the line isn't high. Yeah. Let's be real. (laughs) Unless you all of a sudden blow up, then they might, you know go back into Yeah, then they'll archives. throw that back in. Like if Alex Earl did a brand deal two years ago, you know At that $200. brand is using yes. that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we got a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing that I want to talk about, um, one of my last topics for you is UGC, user-generated content, because I feel like we have the same issue around usage because it's just a video and brands will, you know, yell that, off the rooftops. Oh, it's just one video. Like that you're not even posting this. But we're recommending that you're getting paid usage on top of that flat fee. So tell mm-hmm. me tell me your thoughts. No, absolutely, 100%. Because the thing is, especially if it's an existing brand, they know how much they would have to pay to go get no. this many other videos from other like they would have to hire their own production team. They're they're still getting Prop a deal of a deal. Model, yes. videographer, photographer, mm-hmm. the clothing, the makeup, the hair, mm, venue. Yes, they're they're getting a steal from you, and they're just trying to see what's the cheapest they can get it for. Yeah, so I've actually never ever I've be heard afraid that to push back. A couple of times yeah. where brands have said like, "Oh, well." I hired a professional creator. I thought it would be cheaper to go to a UGC creator. And I'm like, you suck. You suck. Like, there's, I mean, they're still professional creator. Like they're doing it for a Thank living. You. Thank you. <laughs> what, what's the difference? Oh my gosh. I, no, I love UGC though. I think this is, I mean, we're already seeing it being 
the new face of advertising for a lot of bigger brands, but I think it's going to be even more so in the coming years. I think this is truly, I think we're not going to see anything on a billboard that's like professionally created in several years. I think it's all going to be original content from creators. Oh my God. I was watching a commercial last night for Olay and it was like 10 creators that were talking about their hyaluronic acid something or other, Mm -hmm. um, all in nine by 16 format and like slapped on this big yellow screen. I was like, yeah, you just see, I hope they charge for that. Yeah. And guess what? If they hopefully, and so I want to get into this with you. Hopefully, if those UGC creators initially signed that contract, they left it open to, hey, this is going to cost more if you want to put it on, you know, a magazine or in TV or this type of medium, because you should be limiting your rights to either social media or their website. Mm -hmm. But other advertising costs more because let's say there were 10 creators in that video. If they paid, we'll say I'm seeing one UGC video. I think the average I'm seeing is like 150 to $200 for one video. So let's say $2,000 for all those initial videos. If those creators didn't ask for more money for commercials, they just got away with a $2,000 commercial. Do you know how much it would cost them to produce that on their own? Add another zero. I'm just sighing. Or two. (laughs) I'm just sighing. So even as a UGC creator, make sure that you're aware of what you can and should be charging for. Yes. Yes. One of – one of our brand deals a while back, it was with a big company um, and they were going through a production company and there's a ton of bleed over right now, just like we're seeing in this commercial with like the casting world, production world and the influencer marketing world, which number one is great for boosting the validity of influencer marketing, but Mm -hmm. not great for all of the lingo involved because all of us creators, you know, are these creative souls and we just don't, we don't know what we don't know, right? So this company, this like professional, real, very big casting company came to us and they were like, we want industrial usage and we want blah, blah, blah usage and like threw all these words at me. And I was like, ah, I have never heard of this in my life. Hello, I am an influencer manager. I literally do this for a living and I have never heard of these terms. And I ended up going to everyone I know that is some kind of actor and was like, help, what does this mean? Like, am I going to have to talk to this agency and be like, okay, hey, like, what do you really want this for? But I think as a creator, that is the question. It's what do you really want this for? Like, yes, I hear Mm -hmm. you, industrial, whatever usage, but what is that going to be in? Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And don't, be afraid. I'm not saying that you're afraid to ask for clarification, but for creators that are listening that don't have somebody to represent them, ask. never be afraid to ask. Get on a call. <laughs> because, ask. Yeah. Never be afraid because they're going to appreciate that you're asking for clarification and it's just going to make you look better. 
You know what's so funny? Actually, <laughs> with that same deal, our account manager ended up just calling the number at the end of the email, like the person's personal phone. And they picked up and they were so confused about what was happening. She was like, hi, yeah, hi, I'm like Aaron from All Influence Management. Like, I just wanted to chat through what you actually want this for, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, um, yeah, sure. I'll explain everything. And it's as simple as that, you know? Yeah. Don't feel any sort of way. Pick yeah. up the phone. Yeah. So give us your top tip for things to look out for other than perpetuity. What, as a creator, what do you see go wrong all the time? What do we need to know? What are our takeaways? If you do limit usage, go back and look. Like, are they still using it? Because not only – because – you can either ask them to take it down or that could just be more money for you. Like, hey, I saw that you're yes. still using it. And it doesn't have to come from a negative place. Like, hey, I am so glad that you love that video. And I am so excited that you're still using it. But our usage ended on this date and it's been past this date. So this is the rate to still use it now up until this point. And then if you want to continue using it, here's the rate. Because that's all and it you takes. Can check, you can check all of those things in Facebook Ad Manager. Like you can go mm -hmm. to literally their Instagram page, click those three dots, go to their current running ads and check through what they're yeah. actually running right now. Yeah, because I, I will say, like we were talking about not having it be easy as far as the usage rights. So it's different for everyone. Again, on their end, it may not be malicious. And oh, it could be a symbol yeah. on their end where they're like, oh my gosh, you know what? I'm so sorry. Like, yes, absolutely. Here's here's the extra money. Like we did not yeah. do that on purpose because if it was a good relationship with you and that brand, they don't want to mess it up. No. And they're if they're still using their stuff, like let's be real, it's because it's working. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like don't be afraid to ask. Don't be like... The answer will never be yes if you don't ask. Mm -hmm. I love that. Uh, I think one more, especially if you are an influencer, mm -hmm. protect your brand with trademarks because the la I see this all the time where they're like, oh, it was just my blog name or, oh, it's just my social media name. I didn't even know I could protect it with a trademark. And then mm -hmm. somebody else comes along and they get the trademark. And now yeah. not only do you have to fight them for the trademark to get your trademark, you're spending a hundred times more money. So what would cost you 2000 just to get you the trademark from the beginning? Now you're spending 20, 30, 40, 50,000 plus to fight the other, Ooh, the other person. For wait, it. does this count if you have a username that someone's using? Can you say that's mine? If you have the trademark for it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Ooh. So what it comes down to is who has priority. So yeah. whoever was using it first, whoever ah. was using it for commercial purposes first. So oh, if they had, yeah, yeah. Okay, if they so had if I it, have a 17-year-old boy that's randomly using my Harley Jordan username without the at the start, can I That can him? be tricky. That can be tricky sometimes because, so I've seen it go both ways where we get the trademark okay. Instagram will take down that other account and give the, give you the username. Sometimes Instagram will say, oh, it's a legal name. They're not causing confusion. It literally just depends on who do you get at Instagram mm -hmm. when you submit the form. However, what most people don't think about, contact that person, DM. The, if it's a account that they're actively using, they'll be checking the DMs, offer them $500. 
offer them a couple hundred dollars. They don't care about the username like that. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I yeah. love this all. I am so glad that we had you on. How how can we Me find too. you? How can we find more from your wonderful soul? So my wonderful soul can be found on Instagram and TikTok <laughs> at The Legalpreneur. Website is thelegalpreneur.com. My personal Instagram is Andrea Sager Law. Um, yeah, right, we have a ton of freebies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we and well, we actually did that with Legalpreneur. So Legalpreneur and the Legalpreneur were taken on Instagram. The day I got the registration, submitted takedowns to Instagram. Within 48 hours, I had the accounts. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on to Brand Meet Creator. If you love this episode, number one, go find her because she is a wealth of knowledge. And number two, please rate this episode. It means so much in this online world. 